Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Connor Beaton. Connor, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Ken. Oh, my pleasure. And anyone listening out there, maybe you're not familiar with Connor's work, let me just give you a little background. Connor Beaton is the founder of Man Talks. He's also a speaker, a business coach, a lifestyle entrepreneur. And before founding Man Talks, Connor pursued his passion as an opera singer, which allowed him to sing in Europe, China, and North America. Then he went on to work with the largest company in the world, Apple Computers, leading high-performance sales and operations teams. So from music to business, Connor has had this unique opportunity to work very closely with some of the best, brightest, and most talented in multiple industries. Now, Connor currently runs Man Talks, which supports men who are looking to achieve greatness in their life by connecting them with like-minded individuals and giving them the tools to grow in their desired area of life. Man Talks offer monthly events, mastermind groups. They, they also have a fast-growing online presence with their podcast and blog where you find world-class men from ex-Navy SEALs to spiritual teachers like Dan Millman. Man Talks just recently expanded to Toronto and Los Angeles. Connor, take a minute, fill in any blanks there may be in that intro, and, and if you don't mind, give us a little glimpse into your personal life. Well, thanks very much. I feel just right off the bat, like I always want you to read my intro. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was, that was really good. You have like a knack for the uh, for the intro, so thanks very much. You're um, no, I think those are those are all the pieces. I mean, you know, when you when you kind of put those pieces together from, from opera to the corporate world, um, you know, I've had a, a unique background in the arts to, to business and now as an entrepreneur running my own, my own company, um, it's, uh, it's, it's very unique. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, to share with you and your community today. Fantastic. Well, one of the things that I like to start the show with is to, to get a sense of, I call it a guiding principle, but for some people it's a quote or a mantra, whatever it happens to be that, helps you stay on point regarding partnerships. And I'm wondering what you use and then any suggestions you have for how to apply that in partnerships for our listeners. Mm, yeah, it's a really great question and, and a good way to start it off. My, my guiding principle has evolved over the years. And so if you asked me this question in my early 20s or my late 20s or you know where I'm at right now, it probably would change throughout the, the entire spectrum. But where I'm at right now is my, my guiding principle or quote or mantra is really simple. It's you can either be right or you can be happy. And the reason why this is my, my sort of guiding principle is a large in part due to my partner, um, Kelsey. She's, she's extraordinary and, and she's really, um, you know, helped me along the journey to understand myself better as well. Um, but you know, I've been in the past a very stubborn individual. I'm very, um, 
accomplishment driven, I guess you could say, as, as my sort of like uh, CV would, would show with, you know, being a professional singer to, you know, working in, in the corporate world to running my own company. And so I used to come into relationships from a space of if I was going to be a successful partner, I needed to be right. And that oftentimes uh, leads to arguments. <laughs> and that oftentimes can lead to not the healthiest form of relationship because you're always coming from the space of needing to be right, which means that the other person is often wrong. And that can be very, very challenging. Um, whether or not it's a business partnership or a romantic partnership or even just a, a close friendship. Um, and so over the years, I had to learn you know, where were the times to really dig my heels in and where were the times to just kind of let it go and let flow. And that was a huge challenge because sometimes I would, I would dig my heels in over things that really, in the grand scheme of things, didn't matter. And I was just digging my heels in out of this necessity and this need to feel like I was right and achieve something. And so that's why that's my guiding principle now. That's why it's my, it's my quote, it's my mantra, it's my thing that I live by. And, and it's, it's not only applicable for relationships, but it's also applicable you know, for work. You can either be right or you can be happy. And, and sometimes being right leaves us miserable and it leaves the other person you know, unsatisfied or feeling like they're less than us. And you know, sometimes it's just we're, we're just doing it out of a space of ego. And when you can drop your ego, not that, not that you need to be wrong and not that you need to admit defeat or any of those things, um, but there's just a time and place to really stand up and, and, and take claim over what you believe in. And then there's other times to just let it go and let flow. So that's, that's my guiding principle. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think you 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 actually touched on a, a, another kind of nuance to that, which is sometimes we associate being right with winning, mm -hmm. and so well we don't want to lose, so I guess I got to be right. But then you might be right and be lonely, and that wasn't really your goal. So you, did you win mm. by being right, or did you actually lose by being right because it shut people out or what have you? So yeah, I lo I love that. That's such. Definitely one to keep in mind. <laughs> and it's, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's one of the biggest traps that I see high performers fall into. I work with a lot of high performing men mm -hmm. and a lot of guys fall into this trap of needing to be right and needing to be right about fixing things or needing to be right about, you know, the connection in the relationship or about, you know, where the bed should go in the bedroom or, you know, just like these little silly things because it's their achiever nature. They're high performers. They're used to winning. They're used to being successful. And being right is just sort of like a top priority. And so it, you're right. It's, it's this byproduct of, of winning. And, and sometimes it's not about winning or losing. You know, you, you can try and find win-win situations for, for you and your partner. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I'll tell you, Connor, what, what I'd like to do now, one of the things our, our, our listeners have said they like so much about the show is, is the stories that our guests share about their personal kind of journey through partnership. And where I'd love to start is if you would share a story of a time when, you, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and tell us what was going on at that time. What did you trip on or, you know, what, what got in your way? And then what did you learn from that experience that helped you move forward? 
Mm. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel like there's a, an encyclopedia somewhere uh, full of my trip ups. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like, which one do I share? Um, no, you know what? Relationships have been the vehicle for some of my absolute biggest learning. And I think what I would what I would share in terms of a story is, you know, I I'll kind of give the the broad overview and get into the into the real meat and potatoes of the story. But um, you know, I got I got hurt very early on out of high school, um, and I was in a relationship for you know two two and a half years with my high school sweetheart, and and caught her uh, you know being unfaithful and, and cheating on me. Uh, and at the age of 18 or 17, that was, you know, that was heartbreaking because I was this sweet kid and, you know, I, I would just didn't want to get hurt again. And so I kind of hardened myself and, and, and put the, you know, put the armor on and then went out in the world like that and tried to have successful relationships, which led me to, um, to also doing the same thing to other people. Uh, so I found myself in relationships and, you know, as soon as things would get serious, then I would start looking outside the relationship to sabotage because I was afraid of, of getting hurt again. And so that cycle repeated itself quite frequently, unfortunately, over a number of years. And it wasn't until I found myself in the relationship that I'm in right now. And, you know, I had gone through a pretty hurtful breakup and I'd been dating somebody for four years. It didn't end well. Uh, due to some bad choices that I made, and I had sort of like vowed to stop this pattern of of being unfaithful and and cheating, and you know nobody nobody likes a cheater, and I'm not proud of the things that I did because you know obviously there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes along with that, and it wasn't until my current partner that I was actually able to overcome um, those things, and it happened because of a trip up in our relationship in the very beginning and we ended up you know we were dating and we fell for each other really quickly and after a few months i noticed that it was getting pretty serious and i found myself wanting to run away from the relationship um, there's a great book out there called uh, attached which kind of goes into the three types of relationships uh, i was definitely an avoidant um, <laughs> and so i found myself trying to run away from the relationship by you know, getting in touch with other women or, you know, starting friendships, which probably weren't appropriate. Um, and so I ended up breaking up a relationship to pursue somebody else. And, you know, she was devastated. And I really started to get present to, to the impact of my actions. And we started talking about getting back together. And she said, in, just in a conversation, you know, she said something that I'll never forget, which is hurt, only hurt people hurt people. And I realized that, you know, I had been out of line, out of integrity. I was incongruent with who I wanted to be. And I was hurting other people because I, I was the one that was actually hurting. And I was running away from these relationships and connections because I was scared that other people would actually see who I really was and they would actually, you know, there's a chance that I might get hurt again. And so I kept running away from those relationships. And over time, you know, her and I built this amazing connection, this incredible relationship built off of trust and honesty. And we've really got a solid connection and communication now to the point where, uh, you know, 
we're okay with expressing interest in other people. Not that we have an open relationship, we don't, um, but we're comfortable to that to that point, which is something that I had never had before because I was afraid to really express what what I wanted, what I was attracted to, because I felt like somebody would judge me for that or push me away. And it it was really a huge shift when I realized that I was lashing out in in all these ways in relationships because you know I was I was hurt and I'd been carrying around that sort of backpack of of hurt and guilt and shame and I just kept putting things in there you know more guilt more shame more hurt I just kept filling up my backpack until eventually I was carrying around this massive massive weight this huge burden and you know she was really a huge catalyst in in helping set me free of of that guilt and that shame and actually let go of it and forgive myself for it. Wow. Well, thank you for your your candor with that story. And and I think it shares such a, a important point, which is we carry this stuff around and then the way we're reacting has nothing to do with the person we're reacting to. Mm. It's all based on this past and what your your uh, partner said where it was, you know, only hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And it, that is a huge and, and you know powerful eye-opening statement, right? Because you're like, wait a minute, I am hurt, mm-hmm. but how do I resolve that, right? And I think, I mean, I know your work is with men here, and for us guys, that's a really hard thing to admit. <laughs> yes, yeah, and indeed it is, and and you know, it's a big part of, it's a huge part of the reason why I do the work that I'm doing is because I look back and I realize, you know, that it's interesting in our culture, the the cheater or the person that, you know, is is the one that, that brings infidelity into relationship is really like the worst of the worst. Like cheaters oftentimes have this reputation and having been in that space before of being just like these horrendous human beings. And you know, there's the, the perception that cheaters will never change and they'll always be the same. And it really puts people into this box. And it's unfortunate because, you know, not everybody wants to do that. Like people don't want to hurt other people. That's not how it functions. And the the biggest problem that a lot of people face is that if they have cheated in the past in a relationship or if they have been unfaithful, you know, they end up carrying around a lot of guilt and shame and then they feel they feel in the wrong and they feel like they're you know they're a monster and then they carry that around with them and then it, they that goes into the next relationship and they haven't healed that and so of course it's going to happen again they feel like they're a horrible person they haven't let go of the hurt or the anger or the guilt or the shame that that's associated with that and so you know one of the one of the best things that we can do is to understand why that's actually happening so for the listeners out there you know if if you've cheated before in a relationship start to ask the question why like start to understand why you've done that because you're hurting other people clearly because in some area you're hurting whether it's because of a past relationship whether it's because of a you know a childhood thing or an abuse thing or a family thing you're hurting other people because there's a part of you that's that's unresolved that's that's still hurting and on the other side you know if you're out there and you've been cheated on and somebody's been unfaithful to you it's horrible. I've been on both sides of the fence and I and I totally sympathize and I know that it's horrendous. And real forgiveness comes when you realize that the other person 
is has done those things because they're suffering. And the moment that we remember that is the moment that we stop creating separation between the two people and start remembering that both people in that situation are actually hurting. Yeah, that's that's really great information. Thank you, Connor, for that. Of course. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. And what I'd like us to do is explore maybe a quick story about um, what I call one of those proudest partnership moments. And it may end up being family or career or romantic, wherever it shows up. But the way I typically identify them is there, there are times in our lives where when we think back on that time, we can't help but smile. Tell us one of those stories. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, again, there's, there's a couple of really, really good ones there. Um, I think for me, those really proud moments have always come where and when I've been able to use my innate gifts and the things that really fulfill me to help my partner. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes that can come in the form of taking her on a trip or it can come in the form of you know, just being able to provide in some way, shape, or form, because that's very fulfilling. But I think one of the biggest things for me, um, one of the most rewarding pieces was my partner was, you know, doing very well in her business and was looking to take it to the next level um, because she does relationship work. Uh, of course, I attracted that into my experience. Uh, <laughs> somebody to somebody to help me, uh, you know, along that path. And, um, and she, you know, she works a lot with, with women and, um, and her business had sort of like reached this point where she was thriving. Um, and it kind of plateaued and she wasn't too sure how to take it to the next level and, and sort of expand in, into the space that she wanted to be playing in. And I kind of, you know, started to say, I think I can help in this area. And are you open to that? Whereas before, in in the past, I would usually come at it from a wreck, you know, there's like this like wrecking ball perspective where I'm like, you should do this and you should do that, and I would just go like straight into corporate mode, and it would never land. And one day we were just you know having dinner and kind of chatting, and and I just positioned. It was so odd. It was just like, oh well, would you mind if I, like, do you want my help? Do you, do you would you mind if I offered some some suggestions? And she said, yeah, that would be fantastic. And I said, okay, well, why don't we schedule a time when we're not having dinner and we can do it separately? And she said, okay, that sounds great. And so we scheduled a time and then we sat down and, and I kind of like, you know, mapped out her business and, and said, I think these are some areas that you should think about. And this is probably the way, the, the place that you could take it to build up your audience and your memberships and, you know, fill up your course. Cause she runs a, a year long course and, and, it was just this amazing conversation. And I realized it was all because I had just asked for permission. I hadn't come at it from this really forceful way of, again, meeting me needing to be right. <laughs> I just came at it from this, from this space of genuinely wanting to contribute to her and her experience. And it was just like this aha moment where I was like, yeah, of course, that, that just totally makes sense that, you know, when you just ask for permission to contribute, people have the choice to say yes or no, instead of trying to force your contribution onto them. And it was just this really big sort of like aha moment for me. I'll bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where I was like, oh, it's really that simple. Like I can be heard and I can contribute like I want to. And all I need to do is ask. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, I think that's, I mean, this is even going to sound more uh, elementary, but it really is all you need to do is ask mm-hmm. on so many different types of things. I mean, I, I've had the incredible privilege of interviewing some of the most incredible people in the world on the show, and I'll get people going, how did you get them to be on your show? I said, I asked. And they're like, but like how? I'm like, I just said, I'd like you to be on the show. Would that be interesting? And it's it's fascinating that we we almost forget about that. Mm. That, oh, well, if I ask, then it gives them choice. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it creates that space where she can give you permission to go forward or not. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that really stood out about what you just shared there, Connor, was that you you made the conscious choice to not have whatever that discussion was going to be right there at dinner. That you actually made a space for it. It was, this is what we're talking about. Okay, everything's about that. It's not like all muddied together and I'm not sure where this separates and now it feels like my, you know, my partner in my life is overwhelming my partner in my business and it's all muddy. So I, I think that's really a, a key distinction is that you made that clarification as to, oh, okay, well, let's set a time. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Mm. So everybody knows what they're walking into. Because I think that's part of when you're saying you're like the wrecking ball, right? People feel blindsided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, it's it's one of those pitfalls that a lot of overachievers or A-types or you know, whatever sort of quote unquote label uh, or, or archetype that we want to give them. But it's sort of the pitfall that that we often fall into is we come in in a very forceful manner and you know i've that got me very far for a long time which was that's the way that i knew right so i would handle my conversations in my relationship at home like i would try and handle a negotiation in work and you know oftentimes that that doesn't work very well Um, (laughs) (laughs) and and the you know you're right i mean the funny thing is is that when you ask it's surprising it's just surprising what's possible out of asking and and not I think the the piece that I would add there because oftentimes I once I figured this out that you could just ask and and oftentimes people would just say yes but I also had to figure out that being unattached to the outcome is is also important because that will determine how you actually ask and you know a lot of people that want to go out on a date with somebody or you know, maybe they want to experience something sexually with somebody or, you know, whatever the case may be, oftentimes they they ask with this sort of like really clingy expectation that it needs to happen. And that doesn't that still isn't really creating the space, like you just said, for other for somebody else to choose because your your asking is sort of laced with expectation. And that is just a, a like almost like a manipulative way of 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 trying to get what you want right so it's it's and i'm not saying that that that's what you or i have done i've just i've seen that happen in the past and it's funny when when overachievers or high performers kind of get into this space of like oh i'll just go ask and then they start asking everybody for what they want but they come at it from this space of it has to happen and so i have to go out with this person and so i need to ask and and they'll use those words have to and need and then it's not then it's not asking out of free choice for the other person to choose then it's like those things need to happen and people can feel that so that was a very long-winded 
uh, circle back around of if you're going to ask, be de- you know be unattached to the outcome, and and you'll be amazed, absolutely amazed, at if you're asking from a space of being able to give something and contribute something to somebody else, and their experience and their business or their life or their love or whatever they're passionate about, it will come back to you tenfold. Yeah, Connor, I'm very happy that you you added that because that that uh, unattachment is huge. And I think a lot of times what we do is we wait until there's no way we can be unattached anymore. And it's becomes like a desperate thing. Like, I need this now. So I'm asking because I'm supposed to ask. But the reality is I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to do it the way I'm supposed to because that should be magic. And then you'll just say yes. <laughs> but <laughs> like you said, we pick up on that. Everyone oh, yeah. picks up on that. It's like, uh, no, I don't think I want to be a part of your desperation festival. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, the, the, the way that you reached out to inquire if I wanted to come on the podcast was actually fantastic. Oh, and, thank you. And so I would, you know, that's a perfect example of that because, you know, I get asked all the time to go on, on podcasts and do video interviews. And, and sometimes just the way that people ask in position is a deterrent, right? It's like, you need to be on this podcast because this, this, and this. And it, it can be a very big deterrent, but the way that you reached out is is actually fantastic. So, um, yes, kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Connor, we've gotten to a part of the show that I call it the bring it all home portion. It's where we actually step away from stories. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can apply in their relationships right away. And where I'd like to start is... I want you to just think back for yourself and, and, and share with us what was the best partnership or you may look at it as relationship, but what was the best advice you ever received around that topic? Mm. Around relationships. I think the, some of the best advice that I've ever received was actually from my partner, uh, Kelsey Grant, because she's fantastic. And it was the it was the idea of holding space or what she calls holding the bucket and <laughs> and for all the guys out there this is this is a big one um, because it's something that we need to learn and it's not something that we most of us that not a, I don't mean to generalize and and I say this with the utmost respect but most of us were we're not like wired to do this properly and you know, my inherent nature in a relationship was whenever my partner had an issue, I would jump right to solution. I would jump right to solving. And it always left my partner feeling unheard. And it always left them feeling like I didn't care, which was really unfortunate because as a man, all I wanted to do was solve the problem. I was just like, cool, you have a problem. This is fantastic because I can fix this. I can solve this. And you know, one day Kelsey and I were, were talking about some, some stuff and she had some uh, things going on in her personal life with her family and she was trying to clear it out. She was trying to tell me what was actually going on. And, you know, she would kind of put out what was going on and then I would immediately sort of regurgitate it back and say, this is how you should solve it. This is the solution. This is, this is the solution. And this is the answer to your problem. And she just kept looking at me like, like, that's not what I need right now. And, and finally, she just said to me, honey, I just need you to hold the bucket. Like, imagine that my, my emotions are just inside of me and I just need to get them all out. Like, like you know, like I just need to sort of, it's a, it's a kind of a gross analogy, but like I need, just need to like barf it all out 
and I just need you to hold the bucket and then we can talk about how to sort of quote unquote fix things or solve them later at a different time like that that'll be a different conversation and I was like really you just need me to sit here and listen like this sounds ridiculous and so I literally had to and it took me a while like I didn't get it the first try it took me months to just be able to be present and listen and ask questions about you know like what was that experience like how did that feel for you and to really create the space for her to feel heard and so the best relationship advice that I've got is from my partner and it's hold the bucket learn how to hold the bucket and if it's like the one thing that that I could sort of like teach every guy around relationships it's that because most of the time we jump right to solution we jump right to fixing it and it's unfortunate because that's what our guy friends want to hear right most of the time our mm -hmm. guy friends like my buddies they want a solution they want us to help them fix it immediately um, but our female partners want us to listen to them they just want to feel heard and so that that would be it that's great. I, I love that one. I, I've heard it said many different ways. And you're right. It is so foreign to us as men. We're like, why would you want that? Yeah. <laughs> There's no solution at the end of that. Right. That, that, that makes no sense. That's just a waste of time. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny because you reminded me, my, my partner Anna and I, we both are aware of, you know, the differences in what we need. I'm solutions oriented. She needs to share a lot of the time. And so we've started to actually before we start talking we say whether this is a share or this is i want a solution mm. and so oftentimes she'd be like i just need to talk right now because she knows i'm going to automatically try and do a solution by nature so she may as well just tell me i don't want to hear any solutions and then i can go okay cool and she basically just said hold the bucket and i know what i'm supposed to do right now mm -hmm. and conversely she's I'm like, I'm asking you for help, not just listen to me. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. Because that's not her nature to offer that. Her nature is to be compassionate and, and to empathize and sit there and go, yeah, oh, yeah. And I'm like, give me something. I'm looking for a result here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's, that's another part of the partnership is being able to recognize this isn't the natural thing. Like you said, it took you months to catch on to it and really be able to do it on a regular basis. And it's going to take all of us because it's not our nature. Mm. So to be able to go, I'm going to help you because I know that's not your nature. And, you know, one day I won't have to do this anymore. But for me to expect you to figure that out by me saying it once is really setting myself up with some false expectations. So I love that story. That was a great one. Thanks. Let me ask you this then. As far as like maybe a book or a resource that you would recommend for our listeners, which one stands out for you and why that particular resource? Mm. I mean, around relationships, there's, there's some really, really good resources out there. I think the book that I mentioned before called Attached would probably be one of the best resources. And the reason for that is it talks about the three different types of attachments. And it's, it's a book that my partner recommended and we read it together and then we kind of talked about it after. And, um, and the three different types of attachments are anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and then secure. And, you know, all of us want to have this secure attachment because whether, you know, in relationships we're attached one way or another. Like, you, you know, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. If you're married to somebody, you have some form of attachment to them. 
And how we show up in those relationships and how we show up in those attachments can really make or break things. And so it's good to know uh, what, how we're showing up in the relationship. And so in the past, I had been an avoidant in a relationship. So I would get into a relationship and as soon as things got really connected and, and intimate, I would, my behavior would almost like change and shift so that I would avoid that intimacy. On the other side, you have the anxious attachment, which kind of dives into, you know, people find themselves in a relationship and then they're constantly anxious whenever the other person isn't around. You know, what's he doing? What's she doing? What's going on? And they're, you know, they're texting too much and, you know, they kind of go into this sort of like clingy needing mode and they don't mean to, but it's simply because the relationship makes them feel anxious. And so it, it kind of talks about these two uh, you know, the avoidant and the anxious and how you can sort of work and move towards becoming more secure in a relationship. And that knowledge can really impact things. So for relationships, I would recommend that. And the other thing that I would throw out there, the other book or resource that I would throw out there, which I always, 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 always talk about no matter what uh, interview I'm on, because uh, books are, are huge. Um, is called the the wisdom of insecurity by Alan Watts, and in terms of a self journey and understanding yourself for all the listeners out there, this is one of the most profound books that I have ever come across, and I've I am a hugely avid reader. Um, it's just incredible, and so if you really want to show up in your relationship in a deeper way, it starts with you, and this is a book all about what you can learn from your insecurities. Very profound. Excellent. That those sound like tremendous, tremendous resources. Thank you. Of course. Well, Connor, it has been so much fun talking with you today. And it's clear that you've got a lot of information, a lot of support you can provide for people. So I'm wondering if you would share with our listeners how they can contact you, learn more about what you're doing there with Man Talks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they can check out mantalks.com. Uh, for more information, we've got you know bloggers from uh, Times and Inc. and Fast Company and all sorts of resources are are writing for us now in the the podcast. Definitely check out the podcast. We've had guys like Lewis Howes and Dan Millman on there. Uh, and then if they want to get in touch with me personally, um, if they reach out through the contact page on Mantalks.com, that goes to me directly. It's a way for me to. Uh, you know, connect with the people who are wanting to connect with me as I travel around and, and we launch Man Talks in all these other cities. Um, but if they want to follow me personally, they can go to Twitter. It's at Connor Beaton or at Man Talks. Um, and Facebook, you can just find me, Connor Beaton uh, or Man Talks. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, your, your insights, your stories, absolutely amazing. I, I've been reminded of so many things. I know our listeners have learned a ton from today. Thank you for being on the show, Connor. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. 
Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.